Hello, everybody. Welcome to It Was Tuesday with your host, James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor. Uh, it is definitely a fun time to be in fighting games right now. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to get my hands on Mortal Kombat 1 yet, so I don't really have uh, much to be able to talk about that. Obviously, it's a brand new game. I would love to give impressions and talk about the game and discuss, you know, how I felt about it and stuff, but uh, I unfortunately do not have the game right now. Uh, at some point in time, hopefully I will get a chance to play it, but we'll see what happens. But again, that's come out, but you know, just on the horizon is Tekken 8, uh, already announced to be released early, early next year at the start of 2024. So we've got all sorts of new fighting games coming out under night. Uh, In Birth Sisseless is announced and we'll be going over their new character. But uh, right now, Street Fighter VI is uh, continuing to chug along here. And we've had one DLC character, obviously, in Rashid. And now we are having the next character coming in just a week. And that is Aki. And so far, everything that we've seen from Aki has been looking fantastic. So let me go ahead and set this topic over here. Uh, Capcom, uh, doing their due diligence, has released a little bit of information for the characters as we go. And the latest thing that they released was uh, the character guide. Now, these are the character guides that are going to be in-game, I'm pretty sure. So this is going to be the same character guide as we see in-game itself. But, uh, my goodness, this character looks good. <laughs> <laughs> looks very very strong now the character guide is 10 minutes long I know I usually watch it one time through and then go ahead and pause and stop and everything like that but since the character guides are so long uh, I suggest you guys you know just look up Aki character guide on YouTube you can watch it at normal speed uh, on your own but we'll go ahead and just watch this in general in in you know analytical mode right from the get-go so let's go ahead and do this just like we did for Rashid uh, when his character guy dropped and the first thing I'm gonna say about uh, Aki's character guide is she looks so strong <laughs> she looks ridiculously strong and very very powerful now the nice thing about this is that um, so did Rashid you gotta remember when Rashid first dropped and we saw his trailer and character guide and everything all of us were like Holy crap, this character looks amazing. And honestly, the way that she the way that Rashid turned out actually not overpowered but still strong. Rashid came out in one of the best balances that I've ever seen for a DLC character in my life <laughs> cuz he came out and some people are insisting he's top tier. Some people are insisting he's mid tier. Right now I think he's just high tier. He's like perfect. He's really strong, but he's not broken, and he's able to compete with all the... Dude, they have been doing such a great job about uh, the, the the balance of these characters. So so we're trying to see. And, you know, it's funny because Okazeme in the chat says they are overcorrecting for the Fang mistake. Dude, like, I feel like Aki gets to do a lot of the things that they wanted Fang to do, but were too scared to give him. So here's the thing, like, here's, here's kind of how I feel about the situation. The power levels in Street Fighter V were not 
huge. The power levels in Street Fighter V were all locked behind V-Trigger. What happened in Street Fighter VI is that the power levels are really, really high in general. And so, ooh, sorry, got something stuck in my teeth here. So in general, in Street Fighter V, they couldn't make the characters too egregiously powerful uh, outside of the V-Trigger activations. In Street Fighter VI, the power levels of the characters are so generally high and yeah you start with a full od gauge which is huge uh in this game so they're allowed to make the characters be a little bit more nuts everything we saw from rashid from his character guide and now aki from her character guide i mean just on paper just looks like it's too much right time will tell with aki we'll see what happens but the, the reason why it's okay is because everybody else is so strong in this game as well right we're in a situation where you release a strong character into the meta but freaking JP and Ken and Luke and Blanca and Guile. I mean, like, if we just had a DLC, like, let's just say Blanca wasn't in the game and Blanca just came out now as DLC and we got a character guide, we would look at Blanca and be like, jumping back EX Blanca Ball is safe and he has Blanca Chan that he can activate in, like, five different ways. We would see that character guide and be like, this character is broken. This character is ridiculous. So, yeah, I think we're in a state right now where the power levels are high in Street Fighter 6, and so they're allowed to make them strong. So, let's go ahead and watch this trailer here, and again, just, what a cool character. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, what a cool character. But let's go ahead and do this. Oh, Kaiju One, uh, Kaguya is a new character in Undernight in Birth. So we will go over that in just a little bit. But first, let's check out Aki's character guide here, which, uh, like I said, is a scary, scary thing. Here we go. <laughs> So first of all, Aki combines Snake Fist Kung Fu with poison-laced claw attacks, plus irregular movements to bewilder her opponents. Her ability to increase her damage using poison makes her a tricky character that's tough to deal with. I mean, honestly, when you look at this poison mechanic, which we'll get into a little bit, it's so Guilty Gear. Like, it makes me think of the Stain State from uh, Testament almost immediately. Obviously, Stain State triggers whenever, you, whenever they get touched, block or hit. But this poison thing is crazy, dude. The Both of the voice acting uh, are top-notch, honestly. They both did such a great job. So they're just showing, obviously. Oh, dude, the, dude, that walk animation. Look at this walk animation. Woo! Oh, it's so good. It's so good. What a great walk. And sorry for the podcast, people. So she can employ a wide range of tactics such as using poisonous projectiles, utilizing her claw-based attacks to poke at opponents, or seizing openings created by poisoned opponents eager to close in and stop their life drain. So yeah, just showing some of her moves here just to start. Anti-air, but of course got this move here, jumping claw. Now the, uh, we'll get to the jumping claw. In situations where your opponent has closed the gap, Drive them away with your quick normal attacks or gain some distance with your movement techniques. 
Yeah, I mean, her moves, they're snappy. What's interesting about this is the way that they animate a lot of her moves. You know, I had talked about a lot the animation of like Marisa, you know, snapping and punching and making things look forceful. You know, the funny thing about the way that they've animated Aki, if you kind of notice, to make it very snake-like, she has a lot of the startup and then the snap into the attack. But the difference between her and what Marisa does is that after it attacks, it snaps back to the original position very quickly. Marisa indicates power because when she punches, her fist stays out. But a lot of Aki's attacks are boom, and then they have that snap, but then she pulls back into the starting position again. So you get that kind of snap, and it creates that different look again. I, I mean, I know I've said this many times about Street Fighter VI, but I just the animations and their paying attention to making sure that the characters have very unique looking strikes is so is so good in this game and i'm so glad that's something they did even to the point where they brought back rashid and he's all super athletic now he's way more athletic than he was in street fighter 5 it's just it's so cool so it says when the opponent is hit with certain attacks they'll be poisoned it'll continuously lose vitality over time for a fixed period uh, the snake lady and scorpion dude from Martial Masters. I mean, probably no coincidence because I think they use the same martial art, right? Uh, pretzel, uh, pretzelist, pretzelist, nice. Are you an expert at pretzels? Because if you are, you must really enjoy using geese in a lot of the old uh, KOF games then. <laughs> Anyways, um... So they're showing the poison here, it gets hit by the bubble, and you can see the life drain. And someone pointed out, in a game with no chip damage, like, I feel like this life drain is going to be really big because this is scary now. <laughs> this is actually kind of scary at this point in time. So, um, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, Aki, uh, Aki's out next week. But uh, the poison state will expire naturally after a certain amount of time, but will also end if Aki takes damage. So this is important. So just like when Fong made you take the poison, uh, now you, you want to try to hit Aki so you can keep yourself from getting poisoned, right? So yeah, the life drain is really small, says Tuhalu. It's her ability to convert it into combos that is scary. I think it's both. I think once we actually play the game, when she gets you poisoned and she just chills, like, it's going to get kind of aggravating after a while, I think. I think it can add up. If it was any faster than it was, she'd be broken out the gate. Like, it's good that it's slow. Yeah, no, exactly, Kaiju One. I, I said that, basically, is that uh, it's exact. It reminds me of Testament Stain State so much, except... Testament stain state triggers when they block anything or when they get hit by anything. Whereas this one, it only triggers if they get hit by moves that would have poisoned them. And the nice thing about it is you know it happens because every time it happens, you hear a vampire savior like scream. Whenever you did the longest combos in Vampire Savior, when they gave you the message, it would always be accompanied by this scream. And I swear they ported that scream or just got someone to try to mimic it as much as possible uh, in this game. And it's so cool. So there you go. So she gets punched and the poison stops. Oh, God. And then she makes... 
So this apparently is one of her taunts where she, she just creates some bubbles off to the side. I didn't even notice this until Olaf pointed it out and then everybody else started talking about. She makes a fong bubble. She like makes a balloon animal fong, dude. Like, cause that's her master and she loves her master. And you know, supposedly fong is dead. So obviously she misses him dearly here. But look at this. Whoop, there it is. She's got created the little hats, even got the little the little beard right there, dude. She creates a fung. Oh my god, it's so great. Like, look at this. Oh, it's so funny. And the funny thing about it too is that they even have that goofy sound effect. Just this goofy little sound effect. It's so cute, dude. She makes a fong bubble in her taunt, dude. That's so funny. <laughs> to Hollow says, the poison lasts like five seconds and does at most 5% damage by itself. Not that I timed it or anything, but no, that's good. That's good information. I think that's actually pretty good, so. Uh, I mean, look, Razalicious, who says, you sure Fong is dead? Thought I read her bio implying he's alive somewhere. Dude, Nash came back, okay? Like, they can do whatever they want. Didn't Fong, like, blow up on a bridge with one of the dolls in, in, in Street Fighter V story? Because I know that they said that one of the dolls is dead, if I'm not mistaken. And so uh, they even mentioned that here in Street Fighter VI that one of the dolls is dead, that Cammy couldn't save her. Uh, so yeah, but again, anybody can come back. Look at Aki's face. Look how happy she is. Look how happy she is creating that Fong bubble, dude. It's so amazing, dude. <laughs> I love it. Like, she's so creepy. She's so weird. But then anytime it has anything to do with Fong, she just becomes the biggest fangirl in the world, dude. It's so funny. Her face reminds you of someone you don't like in real life. That's not good. Hitting poisoned opponents with certain attacks will also trigger Toxic Blossom, which ups damage and changes the behavior of the triggering move. This will allow you to extend combos or create new setups. So yeah, here we go. You see her get stabbed. You see Chun get stabbed with the nail. And then, you know what? I don't like the fact that the poison that Aki creates looks like a lot of little bugs flying around you. I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but I have that weird kind of like, I see all those little bugs flying and I get like really grossed out for some, it's like a phobia almost. And so the fact that her poison is like that really disturbs me basically. But boom, there we go, does it the claw again. And now you see the claw actually explodes and knocks Chun Li down and gives potentially a setup as well. Oh god, and then the diagonal claw actually causes a crumple knockdown if it hits, dude. Jesus. So here we go. First special move is the Nightshade Pulse which is her bubble firebomb. Launch a poisonous bubble towards your opponent. Useful for checking your opponent from a distance and poison them if it hits. So there you go. So she's got a projectile. 
Looks like uh, different speeds. A fantastic projectile attack that will keep enemies at bay. It poisons opponent, making a nice and deadly tool. There it is, blocking the Kokosho. Oh, but showing that Chun-Li can stance under it. I'm wondering, are they showing the stance under it to show that everybody can crouch under it? Because Chun-Li's stance, does Chun-Li's stance low profile certain things that other people can't low profile when they crouch? Or was that their way to highlight the fact that you can crouch under her fireball? I'm not sure. Uh, it can be followed up by Nightshade Chaser to extend my talons. Oh, that's right, because it's the, the people. It can be followed up by Nightshade. Anyway, to extend my talons to detonate the pulse. Use this to enemies who think they're safe moving around. So, okay, yeah, so probably they're just showing that Chun-Li can low profile it so that they can show you later on that she actually throws out the claw. So I don't know if this is a cancel or if this is actually, let's see, bubble, just snap. Like it almost looks like a chain. So I still have the theory that Fang in Street Fighter V, because he was so obsessed with the number two, that he was supposed to be able to always do two special moves in a row. Any two special moves he wanted, he could do them in a row. And it feels like they gave that to Aki. Because if that looked like fireball into the claw without any delay, like it wasn't a link. It looks like it was a cancel. Oh, okay, so she can get under sonic booms. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. You're right, you're right. But they were just showing that, so now when she when Aki claws the bubble while it's over Chun-Li's head, it actually pops and creates an AoE attack and actually catches Chun-Li while crouching there. <laughs> Nightshade Pulse paired with Nightshade Chaser can trigger Toxic Blossom at close range. An effective combination to increase the damage. So, yeah, they're just showing that it's literally a combo. Yeah, so she's comboing into Fireball into Claw. So literally, yeah, it's a cancel. It's chaining. So like I said, I feel like because the power levels are so high in Street Fighter 6 compared to Street Fighter 5, that Aki is doing everything that they originally wanted Fang to be able to do. Uh, originally wanted Fang to be able to do. So one more handy thing to remember. You can perform an overdrive snake step right after Nightshade Pulse, which is her OD command dash. <laughs> so she can cancel that into her OD command dash. Close the gap from a distance by moving in along with the pulse or use that as an assurance if you feel you may get jumped in on. There's probably ranges where it'll be plus on block uh, based off the timing of the fireball hitting the opponent. In this example that they show over here, it looks like, yeah, she gets there before the bubble and it allows her to do a combo extension. But I got to imagine as well at certain ranges, you can probably get the bubble to be blocked right when you finish your command dash so that you actually have plus frames uh, as well. So love the border overlay <laughs> yeah like i said i believe this is the, the 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 overlay in game i think it's the overlay is in game so uh this is the this is the uh command uh, character guides that are in the game directly so they're just they just put it on youtube basically 
So overdrive version of the Fireball. This version boasts a faster recovery and the pulse will also hit multiple times. Use this pulse as a shield to make it easier to keep on the offensive. So here we go, you see that? Yeah, just goes right through regular projectiles. And then you see her drive rush afterwards, oh boy. And I think this is the first time we've seen her drive rush animation. God, that drive rush animation is crazy. Do you see her? She's like spiraling the entire way. She's like literally spiraling the entire way. Oh God. Nightshade Chaser's explosion area also increases. Yeah, so it shows how the AOE effect after you hit it with the claw is larger on the OD version. Yeah, Yuki, Yuki making art. Yeah, her dry brush goes hella far. So we'll see this again. Look at this. Like, if she just lets it rock. Um, if she just lets it rock. Yeah, she has some jury-like range if you just let it go, dude. That's crazy. Orchid Spring. Talons pierce the ground, creating a pool of poison. So this is the new Ryobenda, except the Ryobenda used to hit, like, people. It was a wall. This one isn't a wall, but it's actually just a poison puddle if you're on top of it. And we'll see some really cool shit thanks to this uh, in a little bit. But yeah, she just drops a puddle right in the middle of the screen. <laughs> and creating a pool of poison. As you can see, Chun-Li walks over it. Now she's poisoned. Poison makes its way into the enemy if they happen to come in contact with the pool. And it cannot be blocked. Use this as a way to create zones where it's hard for the opponent to move freely. It's basically take the poison combined with Ryobenda, right? She plants something on the ground. You can't block it. You're going to get poison. And for all, it, for what we can tell so far, if you block the fireball, the bubble, it doesn't seem like you get poisoned. Right? You don't get poisoned by blocking the bubble. But this one, it seems like you can't avoid because of the, uh, the, the, the pool on the ground. Spiral arrow better flow over. <laughs> yep, there you go. Oh, dang. Oh, yeah. So they show Chun-Li try to spinning bird kick over it. And then she's like, nah, claw you out of the sky. It's a great way to fit, convince an unwitting foe to jump. And if they purposely walk over it in an effort to close the gap, make them pay by triggering toxic blossoms. Right, so now they jump, she anti-airs with a move that looks a lot like Manon's uh, little pirouette kick. But I think Aki's is just a normal. So now she plants this. And yeah, and now basically they get poison. You hit him. Oh, but do you hear the scream? Do you hear the scream? That noise. Whatever that noise is. <laughs> whatever that noise is. Like, I love it. And that's an indication that the uh, toxic blossom triggers. Every time you hear that weird scream sound effect, that high pitch screech, that's whenever the toxic blossom triggers. And what a cool sound effect. <laughs> when you're likely using it at long range, I must say it's most enthralling to use after you've an opponent into the corner. 
So yeah, basically showing a knockdown combo, planting the puddle exactly where they get up so they can't avoid it, and they get up right into it. Toxic Reef. Slashes forward with talons while creating a poisonous bubble and then immediately bursts it. Easy to use in combos or attack sequence and poisons the opponent if hits. So this is kind of like the uh, Arabian wind the 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 arabian wind that uh rashid has where he does that little quick kick in front of him she just creates a bubble and quickly slashes it and explodes it right in front of her face it's gonna be interesting to see what the uses of this move are that didn't interestingly enough that didn't trigger the toxic blossom so if you actually see this, Chun is poisoned. She hits her with the bubble explosion, but there's no scream and no extra kind of like um, a different kind of knockdown. An effective close range attack best used in combos or attack sequences. If used in the latter, you won't suffer a counter attack even if it's blocked and your opponent will become poisoned if it hits. So basically this is your end your combo into this button end your sequence into this button or your hit confirms or your non-hit confirms because on block it's their turn but on hit you get a poison so basically you know block sequences if you're trying to do confirms and they're not getting hit you can go into this to at least be safe uh, if you're using bigger buttons that are punishable on block so this is her safe on block special move here When used in a combo, it can also hit mid-air opponents. Launch an opponent into the air and follow up with another attack. So she does a drive rush juggle into that bubble and gets something even after that. So the bubble launches higher as an air, when it hits air characters. So it actually gives her more combo after that. Ow, that's cool. Never forget to mix in Toxic Blossom opportunities into your offense when you have the opponent carrying in the corner. Drive impact, launch, boom. That's crazy. And I see, so this move over here, when triggering Toxic Blossom out of her Coward Crouch, I guess causes that tumble knockdown, which is what allows her to drop the puddle uh, there in the corner before the opponent can get up and punish her. So that's a really nice thing. So basically, you juggle with the Toxic Wreath, and then uh, you juggle later on with that uh, Coward Crouch Stabby move to cause the tumble so that you have time to plant the Poison Puddle on the ground. Serpent Lash, so this is the claw, extends talons out a short distance to pierce opponents and poison them if the attack lands. Useful in combos or a way of checking opponents from mid-range. Yep, so, uh, God, is there a move analogous to this? Like, I'm trying to think of a, a special move that's similar to this. I guess you could almost consider it like Johnny Mistfinder, right? It's just attacks that go in three different directions except she goes straight diagonal and then up so it's forward diagonal and up are her three uh versions of this serpent lashes attack direction changes on the button press his property also changes if it triggers toxic blossom of course 
Makes sense. The light version is sublime for mid-range space control. Triggering Toxic Blossom will send your opponent flying away, allowing you to choose between closing the gap or maintaining your distance. So the light one normally just poisons on Toxic Blossom. It causes a knockdown. Is it a knockdown that, let's see. Hang on a second, let's see something here. So knockdown here. Okay, Chun-Li does do a quick rise, okay. I was trying to see, oh yeah, Goken Fireball. It's a good way to look at it. It's a good way to look like look at it. Uh, it's like Raven's moves. Um, oh, that's right, Raven did have that claw thing, didn't he? Good point, Fanta, and thank you for the subscription. Thank you for the continued subscription here. Uh, wow, 30 months, let's go. Ugh, out of the air. And then the medium one poisons. And then a toxic blossom causes that crumple. Uh, Raven from uh, Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear. That's so dude. You see that on the toxic blossom out of the air? The guy, she just floats forever. You get like sickle combos afterwards. And then the fierce one. Just a normal anti-air. And then on, uh, it just, it looks like a punish counter uh, on that hit right there. Wow. The heavy version will bring a jumping opponent down and works as an anti-air tactic. You can follow up on this attack if it triggers Toxic Blossom. So keep it handy for enemy is desperate to hit you to negate the poison. Them. So it sounds like if you hit him out of the air with the heavy version of this and it doesn't have Toxic Blossom, you can't juggle off of it. But if they have Toxic Blossom, if they're poisoned and you trigger Toxic Blossom, now you can actually juggle off of it. So... Oh, that's gonna be messed up. Oh yeah, see, there you go, perfect. Overdrive. When this hit, it brings you next to the opponent, allowing for a follow-up attack. So this is Hazuma. This is Hazuma from Blaze Blue. She actually does the reverse get over here. She actually just uh, sucks herself in after poisoning you and then can actually just uh, continue the combo afterwards and get the, uh, get a Toxic Blossom to trigger as well. That's gross. Not only does it poison the opponent, you can also link into quick light attacks from it, giving you an opportunity to combo into attacks that trigger the Toxic Blossom. So when she did it the first time, what did she combo into? Is this the first time? Oh, she just did light into the anti-air one. And then she did light, light, light into just the regular straight attack. That's so sick. <laughs> God, now they're just showing off these combos. And that's not all. If you hit an opponent that's already poisoned, you'll stab them after closing in, triggering Toxic Blossom in one fell swoop. A perfect chance to do even more exquisite damage. So now, if they're already poisoned, you hit them with the OD Serpent Lash, she comes in there, does a stabby stab, and then puts you into a crumple state and gets free combo off of that. Oh, and then they show a setup into the puddle on the ground. Oh my god. Cruel fate. Leap forward into the air and unleash a series of piercing attack on attacks on the downward arc. 
a useful surprise attack to get around an opponent's attempt to check you. So this is her lunging attack, which looks really, really good. Because she can... Oh, the distance the attack covers changes depending on the button press. You are still at an advantage even if it's blocked. So the opponent can't counterattack back. A great move to catch someone off guard. Oh, Sien is going to be scary with this character, uh, Moogle. Shoutouts to Tuhalu for the subscription as well. Appreciate the sub. Uh, oh, yeah. Mono is looking forward to this character so much. So much. <laughs> okay, they're showing Chun-Li jabbing afterwards. Oh wow, they didn't show that it was at an advantage. They actually just showed that it was safe on block, but their indication is that you are actually plus on this move. And it didn't look like they actually showed that here. If you perform the heavy version after it hits, you can follow up with another attack. Set your sights on opponent, yeah. So you can link after the heavy version. Wonderful, okay. That's going to be like punish counter stuff. Like if someone misses a DP, drive rush, punish counter into that move. So it causes enough hit stun so the heavy version can actually connect. And then you can do all sorts of cool stuff afterwards. <laughs> Nemo has already said he's going to switch. Uh, yeah, she's good. Well, the thing about it is I'm suspecting that the poison can't kill you. So, uh, Investigation Cone says that Puddle seems like she's going to have some, you may have a bit of life, but you already checkmated round ends. I'm guessing that the Puddle doesn't actually kill, I don't think the poison will kill you. So, Fung, uh, Fung couldn't kill you with the poison, and I'm suspecting that Aki's going to be the same. So, even if she gets you into the poison, she can get you to zero health, and then she still has to find a way to chip you. Of course, she can't chip you unless you're in burnout. So uh, it wouldn't necessarily be checkmate situations, but it'll be close. <laughs> it'll be very close if poison can't kill you. Uh, okay, the overdrive version. If the opponent hits, if this hits an opponent standing on the ground, it will grab them and poison them. Oh my God. So the EX one is a throw. It's like a hooligan throw and it's hella fast. And does it grab crouchers? It says an opponent standing on the ground. It doesn't say crouching. So I don't know if it hits crouchers, but if it can hit crouchers, like, <laughs> just let Cammy's hooligan grab crouchers. Come on, man. Oh, God. If it hits him out of the air, you get a juggle off of it, too. Jesus. If this hits an opponent standing on the ground, grab him and poison them. Oh, goodness gracious. Even if it's blocked, you still have the advantage. You can even input forward or back to change the distance it travels if so desired. So the overdrive one, you can actually change the distance of it. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. They're showing the plus on blockness over here for sure. What's up, uh, Kuma Radio? And what's up, Guhawk? Uh, that's the thing. I don't know, Guhawk. I'm not sure if it's actually a command grab or if it's a hit grab. That's something that we'll have to find out at some point in time. 
So the snake step, a quick low profile maneuver that carries you forward, an effective means of closing in on your opponent or avoiding tax, attacks. So this is just a, this is her command dash. So Fong had a command dash and a coward crouch. This is the command dash and shows her going right under Chun-Li's fireball. But even in this screen, even in this video hit, Chun-Li looks like she recovers first. So it looks like Chun-Li can probably punish this. Look at that pose from Aki. She's like getting up by pushing the ground at the ground with her face. <laughs> looks like she's like pushing the ground with her face, dude. What the hell? Um, but it does look like Chun-Li can punish this. So it's probably something that you're going to have to do really good prediction-wise over here. A useful technique that allows you to close the gap in an instant. You can also avoid high attacks with it while moving forward. Surprise foes who dare to keep you at bay and get in their face. Yeah, see, those look like they're punishable. All the ones that she's doing in the video look like they're punishable. That, however, going under the lightning legs uh, is definitely a true punish right there. Uh, so normals will do nothing without burnout. Yes, uh, Dev Shin Peter. Uh, there is no chip damage in this game without burnout. You cannot be chipped in this game without burnout. Supers, specials, nothing. Until you are in burnout, then specials and supers will chip you. But without burnout, there is no chip damage in this game. Uh... Aki stands for a killer individual. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea what it stands for. It probably doesn't mean anything, just like Fong doesn't mean anything. Uh, it, but I think a killer individual is actually, it's a pretty good one. <laughs> the heavy version can get behind your opponent and the light version will perform a feint. This one's actually crazy. Mixing these variations together. The fact that she has a feint on it now, like the heavy one goes behind and the light one, like it looks like she kicks. Does she actually kick on that one? Like, is there a hit on that or is that just an animation? Like, look at this. She starts it, but then she just spins. She just spins in place. It doesn't look like it's supposed to be a kick. It doesn't look like it's supposed to be a kick, but having a faint is really, really scary. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Is that the Toy Story tweet, Mike? Is that the Toy Story tweet? Because if that is, I... Oh, okay, okay. Uh, which is, I eagerly waiting to find out what the dumbass abbreviation is going to be. Oh. <laughs> Oh, wait, Fong actually stands for Fantastic Asian Notorious Gang. <laughs> Did it really stand for that? Oh my goodness. That's terrible. <laughs> well, well, then it makes sense, right? Because if it's a, uh, if it's a, if it, Fong's is a gang and Aki is by herself, it might actually be a Asian killer individual. <laughs> Asian killer individual. Yeah, might not be canon. We'll see. We'll see. All right. You cannot be hit by attacks except for throws while in this motion. So this is a way to get out of here 
but it will not avoid throw loops. So she's gonna be in the same situation that Honda and Marisa are in. So Honda and Marisa are the individuals that can't escape uh, throw loops. They have no anti-throw OD wake-ups. They have, they have anti-hit OD wake-ups, which is still nice and better than nothing, but throw loops are going to be really, really strong. See right there getting thrown right there. So Aki is not gonna have a escape, uh, a perfect OD escape option. She only has the ability to escape uh, attacks, which like I said, will help in some situations, but will obviously not necessarily be good enough uh, for throw loops and such. You will also end up behind your opponent. When you're on the defensive, it's a good way to escape from the pressure. Yep, shows her getting away from the drive impact. Sinister slide. So this is her coward crouch. A technique that has you slithered forward slowly on your back and can be followed up by three different attacks. Input up while slithering to cancel the movement. Now, unlike Fong's coward crouch, it looks like hers moves forward no matter what. And she just crawls on the ground with her shoulders. And it's just so creepy looking. Dude, it doesn't look stupid. It looks amazing, dude. Like, that's so, it's so creepy, dude. I love it. I love it. A sneaky technique where you slither along the ground like a snake to avoid attacks. You can cancel it suddenly to surprise foes as well as unleash a variety of attacks. They're all very interesting. Dodging fireballs and then canceling to avoid getting kicked. The first attack is Venomous Fang. It's a deceptively fast, long-range charging attack. This is Voldo. This makes me look made me think of Voldo when I first saw it. It leaves you very vulnerable if blocked, so it's best to use the combat projectile in combos. It looks like it's projectile invincibility invincible. It is projectile invincible, dude. So while she's crawling like this, look at this, she goes right through Chun-Li's fireball. Dude, that's crazy. Oh yeah, and there they show her doing the uh, coward crouch into that venomous fang to cause the toxic blossom tumble so she can get the setup off of that. Next is heel strike. While it's not on the same level as the Masters, it's still an effective, easy-to-use attack. So Fang had the double kick, which was plus on block, the Coward Crouch kick. Use it to avoid an enemy's attack and quickly strike back. Try to combo from a regular attack into it. So they show her here. Does she actually... She just makes it under. How does that beat the drive impact with only two hits? Oh, because Chun-Li finishes the drive impact. She's lost the armor at that point, but it low profiles the drive impact completely. Hits twice, and then she can link off of it. Now, look at that, dude. She just did it twice in one combo. Jesus. Now, they didn't say if this one's plus on block. Uh, I'm assuming maybe it's not. We don't know if it's safe or it's punishable. We'll find out when the character actually is released. <laughs> Turns out Hakan is her master, not Fang. Because <laughs> she's like oiled up. 
Finally, there's entrapment. This is a throw, meaning its range is short, but it can't be blocked. Use this to break through defenses or as a mix-up of an opponent is on the lookout to parry heel strike. Yeah, so she's got a command throw after this. Oh. Ew. Yeah, someone joked that it was called entrapment because it was the Catherine Zeta-Jones dodging the, uh, the, 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 the sensor lasers. So it was like a, a like a, like a homage to that, but who knows? All right, here we go. Costume change, and now we're going to the supers. Deadly implication. Launch an opponent into the air with a kick and trap them in a gigantic poisonous bubble. Flap to your floor safely like Fong and useful as a counterattack or follow-up and poisons the opponent if it hits. <laughs> so the fact that she actually poisons on a hit uh, makes this really probably one of the more useful level one supers for just landing combos, to be honest with you. It's very Lolita. Uh, for a 613. I think that's kind of the, 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 the look they were trying to go. The fabulous attack can be used. This fabulous attack can be used in many situations. It was taught to me by, my, by the master. It's particularly useful when in burnout and cornered or in toxic blossom combos. Try to fit it in to maximize damage and your foe's misery. <laughs> yep, get out of here. Uh, uh, Blows up JP's uh, drive impact, and here we go. Toxic Blossom combo. Get them re-poisoned. And I love the fact that they show her beating up on JP like they did in the uh, original trailer. Because later on, they show how she like makes it through all these different things. Like Everyone's so annoyed at JP's uh, zoning. So they're like, here, here's a character that can annoy JP. Let's go. Tainted Talons, the level two, extends multiple talons forward and leaves a pool of poison in its wake. Useful attacking from a distance and also poisons the opponent if it hits. Opponents will become poisoned if they touch the pool. This is, I swear, such an anime super. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, this super looks ridiculous. Like, this super is gonna have so many uses. Can you imagine like full screen with punishing things, you know, or like seeing someone like Honda's like, oh, I'm going to charge up my hand slap. And then all of a sudden Aki's like, no, you don't. And then Honda dies, dude. It's so crazy. The move's trajectory and reach changes depending on the button press. The light version lands the closest to you, making it good tool for anti-air situations and combos on cornered opponents. Yo, just hit him out of the air, dude, whatever, and then blows him up, and then there's a puddle. Now, what's interesting is they're poison. They don't fall in the puddle, but they don't need to fall in the puddle because they're already poisoned. But you've got a puddle there, and they said this puddle lasts forever. So that's going to be scary. With their longer reach, the medium and heavy versions are great for stifling the aerial ambitions of a distant foe. Use them for combos on a launched opponent should be prove effective. Jesus. Combo off of the heavy fireball that launches them way over there. 
<laughs> avoid the puddle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Maybe her master was Yoshimitsu all along. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yoshimitsu has poison breath. He's kind of crazy too. Maybe Aki's master was Yoshimitsu the whole time, dude. <laughs> Avoiding the puddle. Avoid the puddle is the name of one of Yoshimitsu's attacks. That's why. So uh, that's where Eris got the name from. There's literally a move called uh, Avoid the Puddle uh, that Yoshimitsu has. So <laughs> Don't forget to make good use of the poison pool that's left in the wake of the attack. After it hits, go on the offensive to push your opponent into the poison and then aim to trigger Toxic Blossom. Yeah, in the corner here, she combos into it, and now the person's gonna get up into it. Now, this is the sick part, okay? Because when she does a combo to the guy who's standing on the puddle, when she triggers the Toxic Blossom, because the character is standing on the puddle, he immediately gets poisoned again, and you're able to do another Toxic Blossom in that same combo. This is such a sick idea. So here we go. Attack, attack, boom. Here we go, trigger, boom. With the, get, with the, with the Hazama reel in, she stabs him, triggers the Toxic Blossom to get the crumple state, but then he immediately gets poisoned again by the puddle. And so she gets to trigger the Toxic Blossom again, twice in a row. It's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, so Toxic Blossom, when it's so, if you're poisoned and you hit them with a move that poisons again, certain moves trigger Toxic Blossom. It just changes the way they get hit. So it either changes a normal hit into a knockdown hit, uh, a regular knockdown into a crumple, etc., etc. So it just charges up, it powers up certain moves when you get hit, and you always hear that vampire savior-esque scream when she does it. So if you listen to it, listen to the screams. It's so cool. It's so cool. All right, Claws of Yadzu. Uh, pierces various pressure points on the body and inter injects a poison that detonates from within. A versatile move that can get around projectiles but using combo serves a potent counterattack. Standard level three. But, oh God. I still love this level three animation. I talked about the whole history of the Bagua in a recent uh, video as well. So if you want to learn all the history about the Bagua, you can check that out over there. My magnum opus! But then she has the CA. So uh, this is a grand attack that does lethal damage to the enemy. The cost is high, so ensure that it'll connect before executing it. It's best using combos that launch an opponent or immediately after connecting with Serpent Lash. Jesus Christ! This combo! And so here's the... Uh... Oh, this is the regular one here. And so yeah, they should. So once, you, once you've come to grips with your attack, you can try to use it as a counter to an opponent's projectile as well. At any rate, ensure your aim is true and erase your foe from existence. <laughs> 
So here they show her fighting against the JP over here. Oh dang, yeah, get wrecked. And then they show the CA version. So this is the critical art version here, where she just stabs you everywhere really fast, then wraps you in a bunch of, like as, like wraps your body in her claws like a chain. Then stabs you in the head and your character goes Wah! And then she blows you up by squeezing you with the chains. It's so cool. Now, while this animation is sick, I do like the other one a little bit more just because I like the Bagua symbol. I do like the Bagua symbol. I think that's really cool. And that's still one of my favorite parts where she just pushes your head to the side so unceremoniously, like whatever, eh, stabs you. And then she kills you, but this one. That's the regular one, but here we go. This is the uh, level, this is the critical art. Uh, uh, stab, stab, stab. Chains. Stab. Sayonara. And then you are dead. There you go. And that's Fong, dude. So, uh, overall, this character looks really strong. Now, obviously, we haven't seen a lot of stuff. We don't know what the frame data is on a lot of her normals. They didn't show a lot of her normals. There is a possibility. There are many of her normals are minus on block, that she doesn't have any safe on block stuff. So she's always got to go into the bubble, you know, the, the close bubble, so that she can actually stay, keep herself from dying. But she's always going to be minus in those situations. So, again... We don't know yet, but the best thing about this is that her playstyle looks so unique, so different from a lot of the other characters, and uh, she looks really strong. And like I said, Rashid seemed that way as well when we first saw the trailer, but she's uh, she, it's not available now. Don't do that for us. It's not available now. Uh, coming out next week on the 27th, that's the idea. Uh, that's the release date. So one week from now, she's going to be ridiculous. And uh, she looks a lot of fun. She looks a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to try to see. Uh, uh, I'm going to try to use her. Is it the 29th or was it the 27th? Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. 27th. Oh, it's Fighter 6 is available now is what it is. So, yeah. Uh, let's see, do they say down here? 27th, 27th, there you go. So yeah, she seems really strong and I'm, I'm happy. And again, it's not even just from a gameplay standpoint. You know, a lot of these character analysis stuff that I like to do, you know I always talking about aesthetics and stuff. But just her gameplay style seems unique. I mean, it seems like a much enhanced version of Fong. Like I said, because this game allows for higher power levels, it seems like she's able to do a lot of the things that they wanted to give Fong, but were too strong in Street Fighter V's uh, environment. Uh, again, most of the characters in Street Fighter V were very straightforward until they activated V-Trigger. That's one of the complaints of Street Fighter V, is that a lot of the characters felt like they were you know, locked behind the V-Trigger mechanic. 
be really interesting if they actually made a Street Fighter V variant that you just had V-Trigger on the whole time and see how it would play. <laughs> That'd be weird. Like, obviously with caveats, but in any case. Um, but uh, again, I'm hoping she comes in well-balanced like Rashid, because like I said, Rashid is obviously strong, but not too strong. Uh, she looks, uh, she looks like she has that potential to be really good. And I'll definitely give her a lot of a shot when she comes out, as it sounds like a lot of people are going to do. A lot of people seem like they want to play this character. So, uh, good choice for Capcom to put her <laughs> behind the DLC paywall. But, uh, in any case, um, did my voice get a tad lower, by the way? No. My voice is the same. Now it's not going through the uh, voice meter processing anymore because voice meter was what was causing the annoying uh, pops every once in a while. So voice meter did change my voice a little bit, but um, uh, it's a little bit lower. It was, it is weird. Okay. Uh, did you mean lower in volume? Oh, lower in volume. It was probably because the microphone was over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, fine. Cool, cool. How did I finally locate that? I just tried every. Uh, I just tried every option, taking away pieces by piece, piece by piece, and I was doing it with somebody else for a broadcast, and we were we were like, try this, try this, and eventually it just seemed like uh, when we took out the voice meter at work, which sucks, because I want to use the voice meter because it's very useful, but because uh, then I can control my volume a little bit more accurately. So one day I'm gonna try to make it work with the voice meter again and uh, try to avoid the pops, but we'll see what happens. But that's Aki and character, I mean, I'm excited one week from now. Uh, I've seen a lot of other people super excited for this character. So uh, can't wait to see how she plays out. And if she plays very differently too, like, it doesn't feel like she's going to be a crouching medium kick drive rush kind of character, right? But here's the thing. All the characters without an OD wake up and all the characters who don't play with crouch medium kick drive rush are all kind of low tier. <laughs> Not low tier, mid tier. They're all kind of mid tier. They all definitely end up being more of the mid tier type of characters. Honda, Kimberly, uh, Manon, Marisa. I mean, Marisa's pretty strong, but still, it's just because she kills you in two hits. Not be if she didn't have that damage, like she would definitely be a lot weaker right now in terms of gameplay because she doesn't have the OD wake up. Dalsum is another one. Dalsum is a ridiculous character, but because he has no OD wake up, there's a potential for you know Dalsum is sometimes not considered that particularly strong of a character, but. Mid-tier in this game, like uh, Devshin Peter said, is fun. And in fact, you know, those characters, I wouldn't even necessarily say are mid-tier. They're probably top-tier, right? They're just not high-tier. Like, there's S-tier, there's high-tier, there's, high there's top-tier, and a lot of these characters are in that top-tier. And then there's, like, the mid-tier. Because, honestly, I can't even, with good honesty, say that Zangief and Lily and Jamie and Ryu and Manon are considered low-tier. 
Like, they're not low-tier, right? They're mid-tier characters stuck in a game where, like I said, the power levels are very high. But I think that's good. And so far, the balance has been really strong in Street Fighter V. Again, it has similar problems to a lot of other fighting games, a.k.a. why pick Ryu if you can play Ken, uh, you know, kind of situation here. But even then, I've had Ryu players tell me that they feel like Ryu is super underrated because he can do Marisa-like damage as well, and I've seen it. I've seen players tell me that Dalsum is actually secretly ridiculous uh, because he's got some sick things. Uh, you've got me saying that I think Kimberly is secretly better than most people think because she's got a lot of sick things. So again, I don't think there's any low-tier characters I in the game. Uh, at all. I, I really don't. And I, I think that's really cool. And uh, we'll see where Aki stands. We'll see where she ends up. So, right. Dalsum is great, but he's balanced by weak defense. Again, that's the same thing as Kimberly. That's the same thing as, uh, as Marisa. That's the same thing as Honda, right? Like, all four of those characters are amazing, but balanced by weak defense. And that's why I think Aki might not actually be as strong as we think is because she could end up like the zoning distancy version of Kimberly where she's really strong but then as soon as you get her in the corner like you're just sad <laughs> you're just really really sad so uh we'll see and Akuma yeah dude <laughs> We'll have to wait till February next year for Akuma, I believe it is. So we have until then to enjoy our nice balanced game. We'll see. I mean, Akuma always comes out super strong. So we'll see if that happens again. <laughs> yeah, maybe a new Manat. Don't know. We'll see. Because I don't know if she's actually a true zoner or not. But I would imagine she'd want to be. Like if she poisons you, she's kind of want to stay away from you. So you just sit there and absorb poison all day. Uh, you know, that would be kind of the idea. So, any case, uh, that's all I've got for Aki here. Uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, I will be talking about Kaguya from uh, Undernight Inbirth, and I will be talking about Fang. Uh, Fang, Fang. <laughs> Sorry, this one actually is Fang. Uh, but I also want to talk about some other stuff with Kaguya about Undernight Inbirth, about content creation. And then Fang, we're going to talk about some cool things that they announced alongside Fang for Tekken 8. So if you want to look for these, these will pop up on YouTube in, a, in, in the next day or two. So check those out. For those of you here on Twitch, please stick around. But for those of you here on YouTube watching this, the day that this podcast graced your ears was the most important day of your life. I got to make sure I do this correctly and not mess it up like I did last week. But for me, <laughs> it was Tuesday. Welcome 
to It Was Tuesday with your host, James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor. We just went through all of Aki's gameplay footage. Check YouTube for that. It should be up already. And thank you guys for continuing to watch and support the content over here. Please leave a message in the algorithm uh, for the algorithm <laughs> in the comments below for the algorithm so I can continue to buy Nathan and Jasmine lots of nice cat things uh, to actually get YouTube to recommend my videos more. So let's actually move on to Kaguya. And I'm sure a lot of people out there are like, who, what, Kaguya, what, who? And uh, this is the brand new character that they have introduced for the new Undernight in Birth 2. So this is officially now called Undernight in Birth 2. So I don't know if we're just shortening it to Unib 2. <laughs> Uh, but it is Kaguya, and she is the, the first new character that we, are, we have been introduced to for the new Undernight in Birth that was announced for EVO this year. So let's go ahead and take a look at what Kaguya is all about. And uh, once you actually see the trailer, you'll know <laughs> clearly what she's all about. Uh, definitely trying their best for the... Uh, uh, the waifu factor over here. So let's watch this trailer one time through at normal speed and then we'll go through it little by little uh, in uh, in slow motion because there's a couple of very interesting things to see about this character here. So here we go. This is Kaguya, one of the last uh, remaining 2D fighting games uh, put out by uh, big publishers. This is by the same people who make Melty Blood. And so again, Undernight in Birth 2, which is going to have rollback net code. Uh, let's check this out. ご用意。私の受けた使命は単独での深淵への接近、そして深淵の付近より雇用の標的となる人物、英語の狙撃。まったく。上も気軽に無茶を言ってくれるものですね。ガンキャラクター。はい。おいたはそこまでにしてくださいませ。イグジスを荒らす悪しき行いは見過ごせませんから。ご理解いただけます。この白銀の銃弾は悪しきを抜
but you know, standard intro over here again, but you know, uh, this is by French Bread, the makers of Melty Blood. And as you can see, Undernight in Birth 2, Cis Celeste. Again, shout outs to Japan and their uh, naming scheme. No idea what any of that means, but nice little uh, intro thing over here. I don't know if this is officially in game or if this is just a graphic that they have, but this might just be like part of her story mode or something like this. Uh, so Arxis is not actually making uh, this game. This game is made by French Bread, but Arxis is publishing it. Uh, that's what it is. They're actually publishing it. And there you go. Kaguya. Chick with guns. And uh, very, very waifu material over here. Moonlight Dancer, Twin Barrel Beauty. Do the brass even understand what they're asking for? Undernight and Birth was one of the most famous ones for having the most nonsense text in a fighting game in the history of fighting games. But uh, for those of you who don't, well, I'll save this conversation for a little bit later, but here we go, as you can see here. I don't know, was that like, a, oh, chain shift. She activated a chain shift, which is like a Roman cancel in this game. So for those people who don't know Undernight in Birth, it is one of the more complex system mechanics uh, of all fighting games that feels really intimidating. But as you continue to play the game, it makes more sense. But at the bottom of the screen, you'll see it says GRD. That stands for the grid. It's like a tug of war where you two are both fighting for grid energy to be able to do a bunch of stuff. And as a timer fills up, during the course of the round, whoever has more grid gets powered up and gains access to powers like chain shift, etc., etc. It sounds really, really complicated, but honestly, it's it, it's very intuitive. It makes a lot of sense, and the way they've implemented really makes for a very compelling game. I played the hell out of Uniel. Uh, Undernight in Birth, EXE Late. I played a lot of Uniel. Since then, I didn't play as much because rollback netcode wasn't there. But if this game has good rollback netcode, I hope I'll be able to play this. But Street Fighter Six has been eating up all of my time, dude. Oh, yeah, that body twist is so good. And again, this is what animation is supposed to be. It might not actually be physically humanly possible, but it's, it's a good animation pose right here so but here we go looks like some sort of dp thing that she can uh, oh yeah and there's one otgs per combo in this game uh so you get one otg launch over here now this is where things start getting a little interesting over here okay her name is kaguya light crease executor i don't know how to pronounce that but here's where things get interesting <laughs> notice what she does here she comes out here and she shoots two guns past her head like this and launches bullets that now are bouncing around the screen. Do they hit? I don't, yeah, well, they exploded. Like, see the one at the top right over there comes down? The bottom one exploded. And then that one exploded. So I don't know if they hit, if they bounce around. Is she Venom? Does she get Venom where she actually gets to throw these things and you have to watch out for these things? Or are they all just time bombs and only hit when they explode like this? It's 
kind of scary looking. So again, as you can see, Waldstein here, he's the grappler who's also Dalsim, by the way, if you guys don't know much about the game. He's terrifying. I hate him. I hate fighting him. Uh, I probably should have played him because he's the grappler. But uh, yeah, this is a game. So when you watch Melty Blood, Melty Blood is the game that's famously accused of having no drip, right? I mean, like, the characters all just look like very straightforward, re regular human anime characters. Uh, Undernight in Birth is like their Darkstalkers, basically. It was like, oh, now we get to make everybody as crazy and wild as possible. So you get some of the craziest archetypes. Uh, the characters in this game are just absolutely, absolutely insane. So here we go. Activate into the, uh, the, the, forgot what that thing was called, but it, it, you get to go into the level three over here. So she's just blowing you up. Hilda is the zoner of the game and you see her getting bodied over here. And here we go again. See, you see, she does it again right here. She goes into this combo, jump cancels, or no, goes into a super. That looks like a super activation where she actually shoots out those little bouncing balls again. The bouncing balls on it, like, they don't look like they actually hit you. So now watching this in slow motion, it looks like the bouncing balls are going through everything. Oh my God, did she, like, wait a second. What happens here? Bouncing balls blow up really fast. That one blew up really fast. And she's keeping the combo going after it. And then another blow up. And then a juggle. Jesus Christ. She's going to have some crazy routes. Does she have a way to trigger those bouncing balls to explode automatically? Uh, or something like that? <laughs> Not sure. But here we go. A super activation. Full screen shot. Wall bounce into continued juggle. Uh, maybe it's a proximity thing. Yeah, I'm not sure because here comes some more of those bouncing balls. And oh, speaking of bouncing balls, uh, yeah, uh, here, I think she shoots some more bouncing balls here. No, she doesn't. Okay. I don't know why I said that at all. I don't know why I said that at all, but you can see right there killing somebody, uh, with the super over there. So, uh, but there you go. This is Kaguya. And she seems like it's going to be a very interesting character over here. And um, yeah, very waifu material. <laughs> very waifu material. And uh, coming 2024 is the game. She's going to be there by default. But it's weird that they haven't talked about this in a, such a big deal yet. But they actually say here, rollback netcode implemented. So there you go. This game will have rollback netcode implemented. It is a 2D fighting game. And uh, honestly, was one of my favorite fighting games at the time, Undernight in Birth EXE Late. Uh, I loved that game. I played so much of that game to the point that I was even doing really, really well at the runback back at Super Arcade in this game. I still remember one week I actually finished second place in that tournament. Uh, for Undernight and Birth. I mean, there weren't that many entrants, but I beat some pretty decent players getting to second place before Breaker Dave just absolutely annihilated me with one of the bad characters in the game and made me feel really bad. But <laughs> uh, look, Undernight and Birth is a fantastic game. I loved 
Unio. I thought it was one of the most intelligently designed fighting games. The grid system is really complicated and it, it's intimidating a lot of the way, but it's so intelligently designed in a way to reward proper blocking. It was designed in such a way that, you know, if you were to, if a, a zoner was going at, you know, was too strong, because there's some strong zoners, you could actually shield block things and gain grid. Uh, if you attacked, you gained grid. They had just, there's a lot of really good mechanics and systems in the game. Sorry, I forgot to move the microphone. Um, there's a lot of very good mechanics and the characters were very interesting. They did a lot of really smart stuff. Um, they just, uh, the game was honestly one of my favorites. And for a long time, me and David would always find an excuse to mention Undernight in Birth in every Tuesday show because he loved the game as well. And in fact, it was so popular at one point that it made it into the Evo official lineup just by the nature of people doing playing it and the community being really strong. Uh, if you've actually seen Shinobi on Twitter, he runs the event Climax of Night. That event is the it's basically the Undernight in Birth event. Like he created it to have an event that highlighted Undernight in Birth first and foremost. So uh, honestly, it's, 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 it's a game that has garnered a lot of passion and a lot of people who really, really enjoyed the game as I did. Like I said, I stopped playing it because I couldn't play it online. Like at all, we were at a point where we were playing all of the fighting games online and like the character that I played had a combo that you would launch someone in the air and then link a jump charge C. So the instant I left the floor, I had to hit C and hold the C button to get the combo to work. The problem is when I played online, I couldn't use the, 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 the actual animation of me jumping to time that. I literally had to learn how to hit the button before I saw my character go into the air and it messed me up so badly trying to play offline that I was just like, I, I can't do, I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't do this. So uh, the fact that this is having rollback netcode is great. now. The reason why I have this content creation part down here is because Kaguya trailer came out and someone on Twitter actually like tried to call out the entire Undernight community because they're like, Kizzy K is the only one covering Kaguya. Where is all the Kaguya coverage? You know, where's all the Undernight in birth coverage, et cetera, et cetera. Like you, you Undernight in birth players are lazy, blah, 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 blah. And like, dude, you can't get mad at anyone for not creating content, dude. Like, content creation is a tough world to be in, and it's not particularly uh, uh, lucrative either, uh, unless you happen to have built up a really, really big fan base. Uh, Undernight and Birth is still a niche game, and while there's a lot of people out there who are playing it and who are very good at the game, like, they don't have any responsible... They don't have any responsibility to create content for the great game, honestly. Like, that's just the way it works. Having said that, there really isn't a lot of content out there created for Undernight Birth. If you guys actually remember on Ultra Chen TV's YouTube channel, uh, one of my friends from a while back, uh, Henry Choi, a.k.a. Choi, uh, Choi Sauce, who was a big fan of Undernight and Birth, 
took the time and did all the research for character guides. And the two of us streamed a bunch of Undernight in Birth character guides. And I put them up on YouTube. Weirdly enough, they still get views from time to time. Like, they're really, really old content, and they're still getting views. Like, that's an, that's an explanation. That's a, that's a sign of how little Undernight in Birth content there uh, is out there, honestly, is that these videos that we made like 10 years ago are still getting views to this day. I still get random comments being like, does this video still apply to the latest version, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> it's tough. Now, I'm not saying content doesn't exist out there. There's a lot of content. I mean, people are making content, uh, but it's just, I think what the people were complaining about is they wanted to see all the content. Like, where's everybody covering this all the time? You know, it's it's... But you can't expect that to happen, right? Because, I mean, unless, of course, they're just doing it just to do it, right? Obviously, there's a lot of people who are out there who are just going to make the content to help spread the love of the game. And uh, Super Coco Jean over here mentioning Lunar Phase uh, out there. So uh, I will jump to Lunar Phase over here. Uh, lunar Phase Undernight. See if I can find this over here. Uh, lunar phase resurgence. Is lunar phase? Lunar phase is uh is. I mean, here's their channel here. Unfortunately, I'm not super familiar with uh lunar phase's channel over here. So I'm just trying to see what they've got over here in terms of uh, undernight and birth content over here. <clears throat> Yeah, so that's another thing that Gundam Jehudi Kai is saying there. There's a lot of uni, uni content, if you look on the Japanese sites, just not easily accessible to Western viewers, unfortunately. So, um, regardless, I mean, there isn't a lot, of, unfortunately, of Undernight in Birth content out there. There, uh, it, It's just kind of the... Uh, unfortunate situation here uh they do melty and uni usually i also get the random jp tourney says coco gene super coco gene of lunar phase um yeah it doesn't have a lot of english voiceovers but even if the game seems very japanese i don't think that stops anybody any anymore these days people love <laughs> people love japanese things okay so uh but Basically, I'm not here to call anyone out or anything like that. And in fact, I think a lot of people are doing great things. Like I said, Shinobi, etc., etc. You know, always, I mean, obviously he can't do Climax of Night now this year because of financial reasons, because it costs a lot to run a tournament like we've been discussing for the past few weeks. But uh, I do want to add, though, that there are a lot of Uniel fans and it got into EVO on its own, on its own merit. And the EVO staff saw it and was like, wow, everybody's playing under night in birth. However, the pandemic happened and without rollback netcode, it kind of took a backseat a little bit, a little bit of a backseat. So hopefully what I'm hoping is that Sisseles uh, here has the ability to bring back a lot of people. And, you know, it, it's, it's such a well thought out game. Like I would say something like, for example, if you take a throw, you're actually plus. 
So if you actually defend the throw and tech the throw of someone else running up at you, you're actually in plus frames and you can attack them first and the only thing they can do essentially is block, basically. Like, they have to hold that. And you're like, that sounds awful. Like, why would you want to reward someone for... Dude, you play Undernight and Birth and you realize how scary throws are? You definitely deserve to get rewarded for teching a throw in that game. <laughs> like, it just a lot of the things that they made their decisions with... Like, it just all makes sense. Like, every time, like, I played that game and I saw, like, something and I'd be like, why did they do... And then you play it a bunch and you're like, oh, oh, ooh, that's kind of neat. Oh, I get it. And like I said, the variety that the game has and the character designs are really, really cool. The combo routes are really intuitive. Their, their tutorial has always been one of the best tutorials. So they have combo trials in the game. But their combo trials will always be like low starter, low two, like low two A starter. And this is your combo route because this is a, a game with hit stun deterioration. So in other words, and, and the hit stun deterioration gets really strong depending on your opener. And so in their actual combo trial mode, most of their combo trials were actual good B&B consistent routes that you could use, but they all came from specific starters. Like one whole section would be like low starter, overhead starter. This is this kind of starter, counter hit starter on this, etc., etc. And it was really, really kind of neat how they would do that and, and how they tried to make their uh, tr combo trials more educational uh, and actually give you the proper like logical routes and logical starters for combos. So um, they did a lot of good work. Undernight and Birth also has like the best music. Like it's just some of the best music, right? This game, I mean. Very jazzy music and I love the music in this. So once we get this uh, start, I'm just playing the trailer again. Right, get out of here, oh god, it's in slow motion, I'm sorry! I was like, this music isn't very good at all!私の名はカグヤ。This really, I mean, the music in this game is really, really good. So, like, uh, you guys will probably uh, hear one of the best character select themes. Character select theme. Let me see. Uh...
character select theme. <laughs> and if you guys notice, whenever I actually do go on break, when I actually uh, send my stream on to break, this is the song that plays. So good. And uh, Fansdom, Fansdome asks, which mix is this? It's by uh, a member of the FGC named Akito Bass. Uh, you've probably seen some of his streams. He'll always, he'll do like the uh, Iron Man Infinites with a drum pad and it creates a beat and then he starts playing guitar all over it and all that stuff like that. So uh, it's a version from Akito Bass. Um, I think I still have him over here. Yeah, there you go, right there. So there's that SoundCloud right there. Yeah, he's also an excellent player. He he was really good at Grand. I met him at the Grand Blue Fantasy launch event and stuff like that. So uh, he's uh, oh, Light Crease is one of the first in-birth fronts to exist, having been founded in Germany in response to a large-scale void attack. After dealing with the void crisis, they dedicated themselves to protecting the Hollow Knight. Eventually, they expanded their operations into the overseas, but this resulted in conflicts with the locals as seen in seen with the light light crease wars. Okay, I, I will say okay, let's do it. But yeah, it's a keto base uh, who made that version of the song. So I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, I love this song. I asked him. I was like, oh my god, what is happening? Something was about to fall off my table. Uh, I asked him if I could use it, and he was like, oh, absolutely, go for it, do it. And I, so I've been using that song uh, ever since, basically, because um, uh, I made sure I got permission from him. Lives down here in SoCal. Uh, but yeah, uh, again, Under Night and Birth is, I, 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 I really, really enjoyed the game. I really love the game. I, I definitely feel like I, could have kept playing it more through all the different versions and stuff like that but again just the, the rollback netcode and right now street fighter 6 has just taken over my soul uh because i've just been enjoying that game so much because like i said kimberly is so fun i haven't even messed with johnny all that much and guilty gear uh i i like i said i don't have mortal kombat 1 yet etc etc so um, when do we get into trying to explain the backyard in uni? Uh, or do you mean the backyard in Guilty Gear? Or are you saying that they're crossing over now? Uh, but yeah, again, Undernight in Birth had a lot of really, it's really, really fun game. And it's not as anime as a lot of the other anime games. So even though you watch something like Melty Blood and they're in the air flying around all over the place, Uniel is actually, a lot of people would compare it more to like KOF because it's more about kind of like this horizontal movement. There's no super jumps. There's no air dashing. There's air assaults, but it's more like a double jump. But you're forced to double jump forward. So it's not quite an uh, anime game, but it's still crazy. 
So like I said, I always like to compare it a little bit more to Darkstalkers, but even Darkstalkers is way wilder than Undernight and Birth, in my opinion. But it fills that same kind of void where you get to play anime-esque characters without having to play the, the, the crazy up-and-down kind of wild stuff going on there. Now, there are definitely characters who are going to be planting webs on top of you that you got to look out for and hit the webs when before they spring open or a guy who's going to attack you with his pet dragon as a puppet character and uh, another character who's going to hit you with spikes at full screen that come out of nowhere because she's the zoner character. Uh, you have to deal with a lot of um you have to deal with a lot of bs in this game but it's it's done in a very creative way the game is really fun and i do recommend a lot of people looking into undernight uh undernight 2 uh uh when the game comes out so as you can see new character kaguya there's going to be more new characters that they've uh you know they've basically all but said there's you know going to be a new cast of, uh, a, a few new characters here i don't know if everybody's coming back uh considering this is under night two but we'll see what happens here but uh yeah oh batista <laughs> Batista is the zoning character that she literally has a sonic boom by holding forward and hitting back plus button and she's got a sonic boom by holding back and hitting forward plus button so one of them she shoots a laser across the entire screen the other one she shoots a fireball across the screen so you can literally alternate between them by charging back and going laser beam fireball <laughs> Laser beam, fireball, laser beam, fireball. She even has an upside down flash kick that you actually have to charge up and hit down to do the button. So basically you it's it's an airborne move so you do it from the air but one jump usually isn't enough time to actually charge up for it so it's usually like this weird jump hit 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 land jump hit and then do the move dude like they went all out with this game it's super creative it's really really fun and uh, I, I really do recommend it. Like I said, there's a lot of situations in this game. You're going to fight Batista, and you're not going to be able to get in on her. She's just shooting lasers and fireballs at you. And you're like, what am I supposed to do? But like I said, there's this grid system, and there's a shielding. So you shield. And if you shield the projectiles, you gain a lot of grid. And then when the timer fills up and finishes one cycle, you're powered up because you have more grid. So now the person zoning you is like, shoot, I'm just giving them grid. I need to do something to make sure that I can win the grid tug of war. And it's just, like I said, it's really complicated, but in a really fun way. And I really, really uh, uh, recommend people looking at this game and um, really, really uh, giving it a shot when it comes out. Uh, again, that's Undernight in Birth 2, Sis Celeste. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to dedicate more time to it if Street Fighter 6 doesn't continue to just swallow up all of my time. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it, it, please check it out when you do have a chance. So that's Kaguya. That's Kaguya. So uh, let's go ahead and call it for this episode here. So again, if you guys are watching this and... Uh, we're having, you know, like, should I play? Should I play? Should I not play? Uh, Undernight, I recommend it. Obviously, if you have the funds for the game, uh, fighting games aren't cheap. <laughs> you buy a fighting game, you buy a season pass, and you're like, what the heck? Uh, fighting games are not cheap. But if you have the budget and you're considering it, I do recommend it. Hopefully, 
The net code is good. Hopefully, uh, the characters are still just as fun as they've always have been. Um, but yeah, Power Ranger X. This is uh, basically a brand new Undernight in Birth. This is the official Undernight in Birth 2, Cis Celeste. So just to be like, hey, look, here's a good starting point. You can jump into this game again. New characters, you're gonna be learning new stuff, new moves for old characters, and, uh, and uh, it's got rollback. <laughs> it's got rollback. Uh, yeah, Crosstag Battle and, uh, and, and Uni are two just completely different games. Even though the characters are in there, they're barely the same. Like, I played Yuzu Riha in BB Tag because I could actually play Yuzu Riha in BB Tag. When I tried to play Yuzu Riha in Undernight Inbirth, my brain exploded. I couldn't use her, dude. She's so complicated and she's so crazy, dude. <laughs> it was so wild, dude. Yeah, see, Wake Up Super knows Yuzu Riha is hard as fucking uni. And yeah, so Gundam Judy Kai, all the play says all players who played certain characters in the original game could not use them in BB Tag at all because they were like completely different characters, dude. It, it was crazy. It was absolutely wild, dude. Oh man, but Yuzu, I mean, honestly, like she's 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 female Johnny, dude. Like, how can I not love this character just by default? So when I saw her, I was like, this is the character I was meant to play. And then I tried playing her and I was like, I am not playing this character. <laughs> and so I switched to Nanase, who was way simpler and way more basic to play. So that's who I went with. I mean, the main reason why I played Nanase is because she wasn't super complicated as a character and she had very good range and uh so i was just like i'm gonna pick a character with good range and plays a very simple basic game because i don't want to you know i don't want to learn a super complicated character i really enjoyed it so uh check that out when you guys have a chance but uh otherwise thank you guys for watching if you want to see me talk about fang and a couple of other tekken 8 surprises uh, check out this video. It'll be up soon on YouTube as well. Uh, but outside of that, thank you guys for tuning in here on YouTube. For those of you on Twitch, stick around. Don't go anywhere. But the day that this podcast graced your ears was the most important day of your life. Uh, but for me... It was Tuesday. James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor, even though I'm the only person in the planet these days who calls me Jay Chenzor. <laughs> Nobody calls me that anymore. I'm just James Chen to everybody, but welcome, everybody, to another episode of It Was Tuesday. We talked about Aki We talked uh, from Street Fighter VI. We talked about Kaguya from Undernight in Birth to Sisyllus. And now we're going to talk about another character that was revealed, and that is Feng 
from Tekken 8, a brand new character, uh, not a brand new character, but a brand new reveal of a character for Tekken 8. Uh, largely considered one of the stronger characters in Tekken 7 right now, so I'm sure a lot of people are thrilled to see him back, but Fang, I feel like, is kind of a staple. He's been in Tekken for quite some time now, so I think most people uh, aren't surprised to see him show up. So let's uh, take a look at this Fang trailer. We'll watch it through one time real quick, and then we'll go through it a little bit slower and analyze it. Again, I am not a Tekken expert, so my analysis is not going to be the best, but uh, we'll take a look at this. But there's other Tekken news too to talk about as well. So let's take a look at this trailer. He actually speaks this time? Does he never speak normally? Oh God, oh God, oh God. Sorry. <clears throat> From the top, from the top. Forgot the scene change. People on stream couldn't see it. All right, from the top. Get ready for the next battle. Tekken 8, new challenger. He looks really different. His face looks different to me, or is it just me? On the back. Oh no. Oh. Looks like you're stronger than before. Not sure I like that Chinese very much, but sounded very weird. Roger was who I wanted to play in 5, man. I played him in Tekken Tag 2 very, very briefly. Oh, no, no, no. I think it was just Tekken 5 that I played him in. It sounds like pretty standard Mandarin, to be honest with you, but the very first part, because it sounded like there was a lot of like it might be more Hong Kong accent. I think he actually has a more of a Hong Kong accent because the first thing that he said sounded very and when you hear it like that, that's usually more of a Hong Kong accent. But now let's go ahead and take a look at this in a little bit slower motion over here. Yeah, and then the closed beta announced. We'll get into that on the second time through over here. So again, uh, is, it's not just me, right? His face actually looks a little different in this game, right? Am I, am I, am I, someone else feels, this, other people feel the same way, right? 
I don't know what it is. Like, there's something about his face that feels a little different to me. Oh, it wasn't Cantonese. It was Mandarin. For sure it was Mandarin. That's true. He does have the claws now, which I don't think he had before. Yeah, he's got like those little spikes on his fist. I don't know if they're actually claws. But see, like he looks different. Like his cheeks are fatter or something. Like he's got really puffy cheeks or something. I don't know what it is. Like I always kind of remembered Fang having more of like a, like a, like a, not necessarily skinny face, but not as puffy. <laughs> All right. Again, I mean, the game looks ridiculous, right? I mean, the game looks absolutely beautiful. But again, the males actually have facial expressions. They actually get to emote. Oh, there's the sway, the sway into the low. Yeah, that's something he's always had. And there's the back hit right there. So like I said, I actually tried to learn Fang a little bit. So I, I recognize a few of these moves. But obviously, if things have changed drastically, I mean, even subtly or drastically, probably not stuff that I'll recognize as well. So there we go. There's a launch crumple. Uh, uh. So pretty standard combo over here. Now this... He, I know he's always had parries before, but, like, that parry looks really nice. Did the animation for the parry always look like this? Like, uh, like, I mean, it doesn't make sense how it parries because he's kicking from the other side, it looks like. Because he's kicking from, oh, he's kind of kicking straight. Oh, it only knocked down before. Gotcha. Yeah, because I don't remember him having this kind of thing. And then he just gets the combo off of it, dude. And launch into the wall combo, into the classic shoulder ender. And so, yeah, hang on a second. Let, let me just do something really quick here. Let me listen to his dialogue here really quick. Like you're stronger than before. Let me turn this up a little bit, sorry. <laughs> I speak a little Mandarin. I have no clue what he's saying at all. Like I I can't understand it at all. Like there's no part of this that I, that make, does anyone who speaks Chinese feel this way too? Am I the only one that just like, I swear to God, I cannot understand this at all. Like I, I have no clue. I don't even have a, a, a faint idea what he's saying. At all, like at all. So if you got, I mean, if there's anybody Chinese in this chat who speaks Chinese, uh, I hope you're as lost as I am. <laughs> yeah, super good. I've heard Mandarin for decades, yeah. Oh, he punches his elbow. Dang, that's kind of sick. He just blocks it with his elbow. That's kind of sick. 
Oh, there we go. The armor right there. So the armor attack right here. Blam. Yeah, okay. And then gets the juggle after this. <laughs> oh, man. Played in reverse. It really does. Uh, uh. Okay, so another parry. So, I mean, was he like this before? Like, I, I know he had a lot more swaying, like kind of the sway dodging kind of thing. But, like, I don't remember him having as many parries and counterattacks. Like this, uh, so he did have this before then, huh? Okay, so we did have this attack here. But see, that's the thing, Darth Protoman. That's why I assumed it was Hong Kong, because that's how Hong Kong sounds. Like, when you actually hear that kind of Hong Kong accent, it's always more... You know, like, it's, it's weird. Like, I can't explain it. It just sounds more that way. Uh, so, uh, like, if you ever watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the funniest thing is only one person in that movie actually speaks Chinese well in that in the dialogue in the dialect that they wanted and that's Zhang Ziyi. She's the only one that actually speaks like Mandarin Chinese properly. But Chow Yun Fat, who's who's from Hong Kong, like when he sits there and speaks it, all you hear him is just like So it sounds weird. Like my parents actually like were annoyed listening to it. Like the, the, the pirate thief guy that uh, Zhang Ziyi falls in love with is Taiwanese. So when he speaks Mandarin, it sounds off a little bit too. So it's actually kind of funny. Mm. So, okay, yeah, there's the dodge right there. But it looks like that's, okay, so that's a heat engager now. So he's going to have heat engage. I really kind of wish there was ways to choose whether you activate heat or not. Because, like, I know when I was messing with King, forward 2-1 became a heat engager. And it was such a great whiff punishing tool. But sometimes I didn't want to activate heat. And so now I couldn't, I didn't feel like I couldn't whiff punish with it anymore. You know, <laughs> it's kind of annoying. I'm Chinese. I can barely speak Chinese, though. I can do a little bit. I'm American-born Chinese. Oof. So was that a block? Block? So is that just like a guard breaker right there? Because it really looks like Leroy blocked this, right? He was in block animation all the way. Uh, block. I'm not Japanese Chinese. I'm just Chinese Chinese. Just Chinese. This is all new in terms of properties. Okay, okay. Yeah, like I can't speak a lick of Cantonese at all. So another heat engager over here. What was that heat engager start right here? Let's see. Oh, off. Whoa. Did that, was that, did that become an AOE attack? Like, it's not hitting him at all. Is, does he, does this, is that new? Being able to do an earthquake? Like, it doesn't look like it hits him. It looks like he does an AOE earthquake attack. And then he's able to keep going off of that with an engager. Huh. 
I swear that attack didn't look like it hit. <laughs> it just it looks like Fang is like after he combos him, he's like, huh, how much damage did that do? Watch. Uh, huh. <laughs> Oh God, I'm gonna not be able to stop laughing. Huh, interesting. <laughs> uh, oh, it could be a heat move thing. Yeah, you're right. It could be I'm in heat, so I have a power up kind of thing. Oh yeah, here we go, more Chinese, more Chinese. Hang on a second, let's listen to this. Yeah, he has a really muffled sounding dialect here. It's just weird. Sound like he said like something or other like that. So that's what it sounds like. So, uh, 超过 means like surpass, right? 超过, but I'm not sure if that's what he actually says. Yeah, see, uh, no, it didn't even sound like he said 超过. Uh, oh, well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I still can't hear it. I still can't hear it. But yeah, his super here, he just beats the crap out of you and does an axe kick. And then, whoa, charge up. Whoa, pow. Yo, he Captain Corridors you. <laughs> he actually Captain Corridors you. Here we go. More talking. Let's take a listen to this. No, my parents speak Mandarin. My parents are Mandarin. Subtitles unavailable. It sounds like he says he's gonna exercise or something because it sounds like he says dong, which means exercise, but I don't think that's what he says in there. And it's not English, it doesn't mean exercise as in I will do this. Either it just literally means physical exercise. It doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't feel like a native Mandarin speaker. It feels like someone who's doing a pretty decent job trying to speak Mandarin, right? But yeah, January 26, 2024, the game comes out and they're doing another open beta test October 20th to 23rd, uh, 2023 here. So um, yeah, you can register for this. I don't know if it's going to be 
if you've already made it into the last one, if you're back in automatically. I don't think I'll be able to uh, stream this one because I think I'm busy that weekend. So I don't know if I'll actually... Wait, no, that's... October 20th is Sunday, I think it is? October 20th is a Sunday. No, it's Friday. So October 20th to 23rd. Okay, so it is through the weekend. Yeah, I might not be able to stream this at all. I'm not sure. So we'll see. We'll see. But there you go. Another closed beta test coming up here. But not just that. Not just that. We aren't done with the Tekken 8 information yet here. Uh, we also got, if I can find this, because I'm pretty sure I retweeted it. Let's see here. Uh, there we are. So I don't know where, did, did this footage come from Arcade Press? Is this footage from Arcade Press? Because I don't even know where this footage necessarily came from. But, uh, they showed this. They showed this. Tekken Ball is back in Tekken 8. Round one. Fight. If you guys don't know what Tekken Ball is, Tekken Ball existed in Tekken 3, I believe it was. Tekken 3. I know they brought it back in the, in a Tekken version on the Switch. But it looks like Tekken 8 seems like, uh, yeah, here we go. This is it right here, Tekken Ball. And it's always been a, a fan favorite, like, fun side thing here. Now, the weirdest thing about this is that they have heat engagers in this. And I'm not sure how that works exactly. Like, it looks really weird to have heat engagers in this mode. Like, watch. Like, that's, like, what is the point of that? Maybe they're still working on it? Like, see? That's just weird looking. <laughs> like, I feel like they would turn the heat engagers off of this, but I guess they have heat in here. But obviously the goal is to not let the ball drop on the ground. The more you hit it, the more it bounces, the more damaging it becomes. I don't know the exact rules because I've never really played Tekken Ball. Oh, you are done. <laughs> I like the boom explosion. Yeah, if you get hit by the ball, if you don't block it, you take damage as well for sure. So, uh, but yeah, Tekken Ball apparently is back. And uh, I'm wondering, like, was there any other footage that was uploaded in terms of just like new modes or something like that? I could have swore I saw something about like a one player mode for Tekken uh, to some effect or something like that. Uh, but I'm not sure because I know people probably have wanted to bring back that, uh, that uh, one player mode from Tekken that was in one of the other Tekken games before. Uh, the ball basically absorbs all the damage done to it and deals the damage to the player. The ball hits cleanly. Okay. And also, uh, if the ball hits the ground, it actually, Tekken Force, thank you. When the ball hits the ground, if it's like, get, gets to a certain, like, like once it starts flashing, like if it touches the ground, it unleashes all the damage on, on you, right? If I'm not mistaken. 
Oh, Azucena and full Raven footage. Nice. Okay, okay. So we do got some stuff here. But again, uh, Tekken 8 is coming out not too long from now. So um, uh, clearly, like I said, you know, with MK1 here, and again, I... I I wish I could talk more about MK1, but I basically have no experience with the game. I, I don't know how the game works at all. Uh, I haven't been able to touch the game at all yet, so I, I'm really just kind of absorbing what other people are talking about. So, you know, um, at this point in time, you know, maybe I'll try to pick up Mortal Kombat 1, see if I uh, can get into it, see if I can learn it and stuff like that, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Tekken is coming out. When I played the Tekken 8 closed beta test, like, honestly, I was like, God, I kind of miss Tekken. So we'll see what happens with Tekken 8 if I decide to play some Tekken 8 uh, as well. Because Tekken 8, I, I, again, as mad as that game made me, like, I, I kind of weirdly enjoyed learning it. And when I played the closed beta, I kind of enjoyed it. But again, it's just a Tekken is such a difficult game. It requires so much knowledge, but I don't know. Maybe it'll change with the heat system and, and, and stuff. So, but, um, yep. Well, oh yeah, the net code for Tekken 7, which I don't know. Like I heard that the Tekken 8 net code is the same. It's not true rollback. And so we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I don't know if they're going to change it or not, but they're doing another network beta test so we'll we'll find out so i mean i i was told that the last network beta test wasn't a true wasn't true rollback that it just felt like it was an improved version over the tekken 7 net code so uh it felt better uh am i gonna get mk1 i i told the stream i couldn't because i can't really afford it right now but then someone gifted a bunch of subs and said go get mk1 so i'll probably go get mk1 now <laughs> <laughs> so um oh thank you harv 88 appreciate that very 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 much so but uh it's coming out in january so very very soon not much longer and yeah we're entering a wonderful era at this point because so many good fighting games to play so many good fighting games to play uh even if street fighter 6 is not your thing if if you feel like the honeymoon period is over for street fighter 6 you know maybe now is the time you know, to get into MK1 or maybe now is the time to get into Tekken 8 when it comes out in January. You know, there's so many good... Get into Undernight too. A uh, lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. So uh, Tekken 7 Arcade was so badly received. Was it because the netcode wasn't good for Tekken 7 Arcade? What I hated about the Tekken 7 Arcade, it was like, it, it, it like kind of forced you to play online. So I wanted to play the locals in the arcade, but like... I ended up playing people online, so it just felt like it was just like matching me with, you know, people on my, it just wasn't very good and it had the netcode problem, so. I mean, look, don't answer the question in the chat, but I'm just gonna ask. Uh, I mean, we don't know who's all in Tekken 8, right? <laughs> Unless there's been a leak. I actually don't know if there's been a leak, but maybe there was. I don't know, but, you know, uh, we don't know all the characters in Tekken 8's base roster yet. At least I don't. So if there was a leak, don't say anything. But, uh, yeah, that's 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 my awareness levels right now. <laughs> 
But in any case, thank you guys for watching here, this short little uh, Tekken segment over here. Uh, let's hope, I mean, because one of the things is that Tekken 8, Tekken 7 was surprisingly bare bones, right? Uh, a lot of people were, I mean, JC, JC, uh, oh no, that's Julia, I'm sorry, Michelle. Michelle is the other one, that's right. Um, but, uh, um, what was I saying? Um, Jesus, I can't even remember what I was saying anymore. Uh, fighting games are cool. <laughs> oh, that's right. Tekken 7 was really uh, bare bones when it came out. Like, no tutorials, none of this kind of stuff. Hopefully Tekken 8 does uh, fix that a little bit. Hopefully Tekken 8 does put back a lot more of the content. Seeing Tekken Ball in Tekken 8 is already a good sign. If they put in Tekken Bowling and, and, and any other modes, any good one-player modes, any good tutorials, because Tekken 7 was notoriously non-existent with tutorials and stuff. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, hopefully, Yeah, and hopefully we don't have to pay money for frame data again like Necromancy Black says. Please. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's hope Tekken 8 comes out, gives us a ton of good content, and uh, really, really makes it so that, um, you know, it continues the trend of these fighting games with a lot of awesome content. Like, I can't even necessarily say that MK1 has great content outside of the game. I'm sure it does because it's NRS. I just don't know what all the content is. But I'm sure they're doing fine because Mortal Kombat generally always has a lot of good. NRS always, always does a good job with the extra content. So, uh, in any case, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for watching. And uh, please take care of yourselves out there. Hope you guys are continuing to enjoy the content here that I put on the channel. Please leave a message down below. If any of you speak Mandarin and can tell me what the hell uh, Fang is actually saying in his trailer, uh, that would be great. Uh, I mean, if you type it in Chinese, I won't be able to read it, but Google Translate exists. So at least I'll be able to look at it. <laughs> But uh, the day that this podcast graced your ears was the most important day of your life, but for me. It was Tuesday.